0: the first week or the first few months of the boot camp, I, I didn't think I was going, I, I didn't think I was smart enough to, to actually do it. Candid conversations that might just change how you look at the world. Let's bridge cultures, transcend borders, and build a global family of change-makers. Welcome to If By Chance.
1: Getting fit and running a business can be challenging, especially in the beginning, but you don't have to do it alone. And in this conversation with Bilal, he shares his journey in business and what he wishes he knew starting out.
0: I'm working on an app called Let's Gym and it's pretty straightforward. It's just uh, an, an app that helps people find gym partners. So like you can go on the app if you're looking for someone who works on strength, you can filter on like what you need or what you want and gym partner and you can easily find someone and start messaging to like try to get a workout in.
1: So I'm guessing you're living in quite a densely populated area.
0: Yeah. I am located in Denver, Colorado in the U S so it's, uh, it's pretty populated. We launched in Denver on the first beta and it like the MVP was like so crappy, but, uh, we got really good feedback because it's just, you know, where I live and I can go see and talk to users easily. Uh, but then I revamped it and actually like created an, an iOS app from scratch and relaunched in Denver and we got a lot, we got a lot more positive feedback from it. So, so how did mm-hmm.
1: how did you launch it?
0: Um, so at first, like before I even started coding the app, I thought of the name just one day on the hike. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to think too deeply about the name because I can always change it if it doesn't, you know, correlate to the customers. And I created a logo and I just created my social media channels like Facebook and Instagram. That's the only two that we really have. And I just put on like a, a quick poll and an ad. It was like, hey, Denver, are you looking for a gym partner? And by the end of the week, we had like 75 people signed up and I was only like ran like $10 worth of the ad. And I was like, wow, okay. That's a lot of people signed up for little to no ad money. So I was like, okay, people are interested.
1: Was that on Google or Facebook ads? Where did you advertise?
0: Facebook and and Instagram.
1: So you're just targeting Denver to make sure that everybody's got somebody to match with. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, and and the proof of concept is like valuable just because people are matching within Denver or not matching because it's not a match-based system just because the original model that i had it was just like you know dating apps like tinder or whatever you swipe left swipe right but but the biggest issue with that is you know someone might not be on the app every day someone might not swipe left or swipe right so you'll have to match first before you message and so like if you're trying to find a workout partner that could be a big uh, roadblock just to just find someone to work out with so we try to make it as easy as possible so now if you see someone you match with you see their profile and you, you want to work out with them you can just quickly message them and just try to get something get the ball rolling
1: and are people paying for this now
0: uh no right now it's free um and I feel like the base model will always be free eventually you know we'll have like a, a premium model and also advertising to bring in revenue but the core value of the app of just helping people find gym partners will always essentially be free
1: and was there a reason why you decided to go direct to consumer instead of do a B2B model?
0: Yeah. Um, so I originally thought of the idea, and I was reaching out to gyms just to see if they would do partnerships. Um, but a lot of major gyms, they they just said, yeah, we don't do partnerships, or uh, we can put some flyers in the break room for our staff, but it's not necessarily doing anything for me. So I was just like, well... Um, I don't I did so I didn't really see a value of partnering up with the gym just because I wasn't necessarily getting anything out of it. It was just the gym's staff would be able to see the advertisings or you know, things of that nature. Um, so I know at the end of the day the B2C is where I need to be. And I was go- gonna utilize like gym and nutrition shops to get there, but it, it just seemed like that would be an extra hurdle to get to the consumers.
1: It's interesting, isn't it? Because to me, it's very similar to booking a class at the okay. gym and it's just an extra add-on and it would seem a bit safer too because the gym knows all the people who are, are members. The- They've got all the details of the, of the people that you're right. interacting with. And also, um, I don't know, I imagine it's the same in the States as it is here in Australia. So we have gym brands where you get a membership. And you mm. travel oh, wow. and you can use that oh, yeah. brand of gym mm-hmm. and that would be amazing.
0: Oh yeah. Cause the gym I go to is called shoes fitness out here and they have plenty of different gyms in Colorado and in California and Arizona. And that was the first gym I wanted to like just partner with just to get, like I said, I'll give, give you all f- flyers to just have on the desk and I will also like sponsor your gym and let's say like an advertising water where we have uh I got certain gym name, I'll use, you know, True Fitness, but they, um, they declined it because they said they didn't see the value that we would bring to the gym, and my response to them was, well, people need to work out somewhere. They're not going to work out at home. So, like, if, let's say, I use a person from the gym meet someone who doesn't have a gym membership, they can bring that person who doesn't have a gym membership to your gym and, and get a day pass and, and see how it goes. So, that's how I was pitching it, but it didn't, uh, Did didn't, fly. They didn't bite. Yeah.
1: I think the interesting things about gyms in general is that if you look at their business model, it's almost like they don't want everybody to turn up either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they can't sell as many memberships. So mm. if your app actually encouraged more people to go to the gym, that might be a problem for them.
0: Yeah. Cause right now we're building a, what's the thing called? like um a new feature that's somewhat of a challenge so like you can create a group and if your groups record this many workouts like uh it's pretty much like a leaderboard so i can definitely see that being a challenge on the gym just because the gym i go to it's pretty reasonable size and it's never really packed but i can definitely see it being packed in like a month so
1: so how long have you been working on this
0: Uh, this for about 18 months. Between 16 and 18 months. I had the idea, I pushed out just ads, like, you know, a few dollars worth of ads to see if people are interested. And once I saw people are interested, I just started trying to build the app myself. And what's your background? um, So I went to the University of Memphis and The degree that I got was in management information systems, but I learned how to code myself. I took a a few boot camps and uh, just learned how to code.
1: Were there any particular ones that you thought were really good?
0: So the funny thing is is I took a full-stack development boot camp, but for developing this app, I didn't have to use any of that just because uh, the app that I built was in iOS and Swift. Uh, so it's a lot of that and Flutter code as well, and but learning how to code like one language I feel like is a good gateway to learning how to code all the languages because you know the f- figuring out the syntax and figuring out the flow of things after I, after I figured out you know the first code I was able to figure out all the other ones faster. And
1: was that boot camp free?
0: No, that boot camp was. I think it's either eight hundred or a thousand. I want to say it's. Un- I remember it being under a thousand because I just got out of college and uh, still wasn't really making a lot of money, and that was a pretty big investment. Just because, you no, know, being early twenties, you could do a lot of things with a thousand dollars, but uh, but I just took a chance and I said, well, let me stop playing video games all day and learn how to code.
1: And do you find now that you still have to pay to learn, or is oh. there anyone that you follow?
0: No, no, no. Yeah. So, like, a- after the first boot camp, I, I, I would say the boot camp taught me the code. Yes, but what it, in, it it instilled confidence in me more than anything that I could code, just because, um, you know, the first week or f- the first few months of the boot camp, I, I didn't think I was going. I I didn't think I was smart enough to to actually do it. So I saw the professor online and I was like, man, he's making this seem so easy. I don't know if I'll a- ever be able to do that. But then i just kept sticking with it being consistent 30 minutes a day i told myself if i spend 30 minutes a day i'll be i'll be okay at the end of of it so during that whole boot camp we built three different projects throughout the course like three big apps and i built the first one i was like, okay i'm kind of confident i built the second one i was like okay i'm getting there And then after the third one i was like all right i got this i was like googling less so i would say it built my confidence up so like now trying to build an ios app for an iphone um, I pretty much just Googled it and I, there were some great videos on YouTube that helped me out.
1: It's amazing now how much information is out there. Oh yeah. Whether it's coding or there's you know something wrong with your car you can usually find. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, yes, hey, that's the truth.
1: something. Now the idea that you'd spend 30 minutes a day is really interesting because for people that code, often when you're stuck trying to solve a problem or get something yeah. done, time gets away from you. Oh, really 000%. fast. So, did you find yourself just walking away from the keyboard or did you stay there to sort um, something
0: out? So, it took me a while to figure out what worked best for me. I would say in the beginning, I would just get sucked in. It could be an hour, it could be two hours, it could be literally all night. Uh, but once I realized that stepping away is also is probably the greatest thing that you could do. So, like, if I run into a problem or a bug, um what I'll do is I'll try to identify, all right, what's going on. And then if I, if I can't figure it out, I'll start a timer, 30 minutes. And if I can't figure it out within those 30 minutes, I'll just top, take a break for an hour, go work out, go play video games, you know, do something, which way, anything else besides think or work on the code. But then it could either be the same day or the next day I'll come back and just try to figure it out with a new set of eyes, uh, in a night's sleep. So, um, it usually just depends on like of the routine that best works for the person. And and I realize that works best for me just because I will literally, like you said, not waste time, but time would just get away from me.
1: And when you were talking about the fact that you've built your confidence, it seems kind of crazy to me, but someone like Jerry Seinfeld, for example, yeah. he works in the same way where he just sets a block of time. And if he does the work, then he's achieved. Oh, yeah. And there's some thought that even if you're writing something, whether it's code or something else, you stop mid-sentence and yeah. come back. And that's actually better for us mentally to do that. Mm. It seems crazy to me because I'd like to finish things, but apparently that's a really good way of working.
0: Oh, yeah. But 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 I agree with you. Like, I, I love finishing things, and that was the biggest hurdle is um, –
1: because you can really beat yourself up, can't you? Yep,
0: you- exactly. And, and that is the thing. Like, I just kept I kept beating myself. Like, oh, man, I feel like I haven't done nothing today, but I've been working for like six hours. But what helped me with it is the beginning of the week or like Sunday evening, I just think to myself, what do I think is feasible to accomplish this week? So I, I named my top three things I want to accomplish. And then two things that I also want to accomplish if I have time. Like just quick, easy wins. Um. And I give myself a whole week to, like, try to work on it because each day is a different day. So one thing could happen one day. I can block off eight hours of my day. The other day I might have, like, ten hours free, not doing anything. So I don't necessarily beat myself up as much as I used to just because it is – I give myself that freedom of, like, this is the only things that I need to accomplish this week.
1: And do you eat the frog? Do you do the most difficult thing first? Or do you try to knock um, off the easy things?
0: It depends on – the time that I have. So like Mondays and Tuesdays are like one of my most busiest days to just have meetings. So I don't necessarily start with the hardest things. I start with the things that I could stop and start pretty easily. Like the social media aspect of it. That's when I try to handle it on the earlier part of the week, just because it's uh, not easy, but it's easier to stop and stop that than stop and start code in my opinion. So I, I try to knock that off. And then near the end of the week, I usually have a lot more free time. So I try to uh, tackle the biggest thing then. What is the impact you want to have with the app? Um, I just want working out to be accessible. Like if you want to work out, you can. Like for me, I played American football. So we started lifting weights when I was like 13, 14. So like they taught us the right form. They taught us the workouts. They taught us all this, and so my foundation was set from just going to school. But my brother, uh, he never worked out a day in his life, and he tried to get into fitness last year, and he was looking at YouTube videos uh, of how to bench and how to squat and do all this stuff. But when went to the gym, he did it. He kept asking, me, "Hey, is this is this form right? Uh, how do I know how much weight to do? Is this normal?" So like the entry level for a beginner is a lot harder than someone who used to work out. So having someone to, you know, just show you or be like, Hey, I would recommend this, or this is what I'm doing. Um, you know, X, Y, Z, it just helps the entry into fitness being a, a lot less scary and a lot more accessible. So
1: it sounds like you're almost looking to create mentor mentee type relationships. Oh yeah. Is that right? Yeah.
0: yeah. Th- that's, th- that's a big goal. And also, just to simplify that goal is just to just to have someone to work out with. Because I've been working out with the same group of friends since I was like eighteen, nineteen. And I noticed working out alone is a lot different than working out by yourself. Uh and I know I'm I know if I'm having that problem, I'm not the <laughs> biggest gym person, but if I know I knew if I'm having that problem, other people would have that same problem as well. Just because, you know, you can talk and meet someone at the gym, but how often is that? Everyone has their headphones in. Everyone is zoned out. So just having the barrier of entry, just trying to resolve that is the biggest thing I'm trying to do with this app.
1: And what is the ratio of women to men?
0: I was pretty surprised about the ratio because it it wasn't as one-sided as I would have thought.
1: Were you thinking it was going to be more male?
0: Yeah, I thought it was going to be like 85% male, 15% women. But uh, it was surprisingly uh, a lot better than that. It was 62% men, 36% women.
1: Okay. I think it's interesting how times have changed and strength has become more important for women.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But a lot of women just don't know how.
0: No, and, and I know, agree.
1: Going to the gym, standing in front of the equipment, no idea how to use it <laughs>
0: <laughs> no I agree I agree just because I have a little sister as well and you know I invited her to the gym with me one time but she was just like yeah I don't like your workouts your workouts just like big meathead workouts I need like someone that want to work out the body parts I want to work on um, and so I realized there is a big big difference between female and male like workout routines based off of just my talking sister and a few friends
1: So what do you see those differences as being?
0: Um, like, you know, with me and my friends, we, I wouldn't say we ego lift, but we do lift a lot heavier and a lot more, um, I quote unquote like meathead workouts.
1: So do you see that there might be a need to split the app in two for those two different audiences?
0: Uh, Not necessarily. And the only reason why I say that is there is uh, a lot of women that works out with men. Like, there is, um, like, I met a person named Chris, uh, and she's one of the first users of the app. And I'm also on the app, and she hit me up one day, and we did a workout, and I couldn't, like, it was no difference between me working out with a man or a woman. Like, it, it just felt the same.
1: And how comfortable are people just turning up? in that situation?
0: I went on 10 different workouts with people and i would say probably only one person didn't show up. He like, it was snowing in Denver. So we just didn't work out. Uh, but the, because the biggest thing was the people's safety is my biggest, was my biggest, uh, problem to try to face, but they're meeting at public gyms. There's no, you know, private gyms, uh, that I'm aware of around the Denver area. So, uh, so you know, I'll, I just preference it just to meet at a meet at the gym and not at the house or somewhere like that.
1: Yeah. And what about insurance then?
0: Uh, yeah, so we're set up as an LLC, and we just have business insurance through through there. I have an advisor, so he told me that was the first thing I had to do.
1: And where did you find your advisor?
0: Denver is pretty big on the startup scene. So, you know, there's like a Reddit forums and stuff uh, like for like Denver startups and stuff of that nature. So when I first moved here, I was really trying to get into the startup scene just to figure out, you know, how someone has an idea and creates it into a business. So I just go to these startup events and all of them are free. and They have like founders and, you know, uh, old CEOs of companies that come and just speak to the group or even have a panel sometimes, and you can ask questions just about the process of how they got from A to B. Um, So, like, just going to these events, you know, one of the questions I had was, how do you get a mentor? And, you know, they gave me, like, a website called Score. Uh, Score, they they give, like, they have free mentorships, but also, like, um, after I asked that, like, we had, like, a little networking session after the panel. And people just come up to me and were telling me how they found their mentors and or like if they if I need any help, you know, here's my email. Feel free to reach out X, Y and Z.
1: And do you meet on a regular basis or you just reach out whenever you need?
0: Um, In the beginning, it was a lot regular. It was like once every week Then we moved to once every two weeks. And now we just meet like once a month. Um, But obviously, like I could reach out to my mentor anytime, just you know, over email or anything like that to to ask any questions.
1: And why do you think that person mentors you?
0: I'm not sure. Like, I know for me, like, I love helping people in the sense because let's say it took me three years to figure this out. And if you're going down the same path and I can tell you what helped me and it saves you two and a half years and you solve it and you figure it out in six months, I'm more than happy to help you out. Um, and that is the vibe that I get with just the startup scene out here people are you know pretty kind and pretty nice and um, and yeah and and that's what I just hope like he never asked me for anything I've known him since 2021 like the only thing that he would ask me is if he gets if he has an issue with like a computer or something he might reach out to me like hey Bilal could you help me out with this x y or z but it's you know that 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 that's about it like it's uh no monetary funds being exchanged.
1: Is there anything that you wish you had known when you started out on this journey?
0: The biggest thing is not to be afraid to just jump in. Um, like I know I was like reading books and reading articles online about like how to create a startup and X Y or Z and there isn't like a solid blueprint of how to create a business like you just need to do it. And there's also, like, there's a great resource of things that you need before you start a business, like an LLC, insurance, stuff of that nature. But don't waste so much time in figuring out how to do it and just do it. It's probably the biggest thing that I wish I knew before doing.
1: Bilal's app is more than a fitness app. It creates a space where seasoned professionals and newbies can come together to benefit from each other's experiences. And I think we could do with more of that, don't you? Now,
0: dear listener, it's your turn. Have you got something to add to the conversation? Then get in touch via the links in the show notes. Whether you have questions, a message of support, or resources that you think might help, we'd love to hear from you. And if by chance you know someone with a story that will inspire others, be sure to let us know. Your contributions help turn inspiration into action, drive positive change, and make life just that little bit better. And if this conversation inspired you to expand your worldview, head to hellohuman.global to join the conversation.